Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily, our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you're in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. It is Wednesday, April the 6th. 2022 and y'all decided to wake y'all asses up reggie and for that i appreciate you thank you for being here i'll get it right today good morning edward mike in the building shane joe eric patrick david g marlon rico strong stone i mean excuse me dynasty barry big dog mac big shy in the building ty patrick price addison cody carpentier big dog future cast check me out with roto underworld this Friday, I think we're going live, 5, 6 o'clock, something like that. Uh, my girl Joe in the building, as always. Thank you for being here. Dalton, what's up, baby? What's up, Dalton? We're in a Dynasty startup draft right now. Jay, it's the first Dynasty startup draft I've been in in a long time, like a traditional snake startup draft where you could trade picks. Normally, um, I'm doing auctions. So it's, a, it's an interesting draft right now, man. One of the patron leagues, crazy-ass settings. Um IDP, my first intro into IDP, Jay. We got five IDP slots. I don't know what I'm doing, uh, but enjoying my start of that Dynasty startup. I'm going to kick all the asses and show them how Dynasty is done. But how are you doing, my friend? I'm great, bro. I'm great. Yeah, you mentioned that. I was seeing the draft board earlier and, and looking at some mm -hmm. of the picks. We saw TJ Watt go in the second round. I was like, Ugh, I don't know how I feel <laughs> about that. But Again, like like you, I'm a relative IDP novice, played in a few IDP leagues. So anyone who asks me anything about IDP, just know you're getting fake news because I, I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't know the scoring. I don't know what tradition is. I don't know what the good what the good positions are. All I know is that cornerbacks are usually really bad in IDP. They're yeah. usually worthless. Don't take yeah. them. Outside of that, linebackers are king. Look for the green dot. That's it. That's all I well, know. But I, I kind of, I kind of juiced, guy. I juiced the scoring up to make all the positions kind of matter, and you got to just kind of pick a direction that you want to go. So to be fair to the individual who took T.J. Watt uh, in the second round, our boy Brandon, who did that, the, the the scoring is inflated a little bit for some of the defensive guys to matter. Uh, but anyways, in the show today, we're going to take a look at some of the 2023 quarterbacks, and I think it's an important exercise because it, what we're doing right now. As we're trying to, what you know, Jay, I just want to tell you what's been so beautiful about this pre-draft process is the lack of stress that I have defending quarterbacks. Like it's because I told everybody, I told everybody at the start of this, I, I learned from last year. Last year, we spent literally months on end arguing the QBs. It seems like that's all anybody yeah. talked about last year. Like you had a couple of people who had some takes about the wide receivers, but for the most part... It was Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith at the top of the draft board. For the most part, it was Najee Harris, Travis Etienne at the top of the draft board for the running backs and Smith and Chase for the wide receivers. But quarterback is where all the dissension was. And uh, shout out to Jared Wackerly of Dynasty Nerds, but he kind of told me, yo, if they're drafted in the first round, then they matter. Like if they're first round quarterback, they matter. Anything outside of that, take your best guess, right? Just 
dart throw, take the guy that you like. So I vowed that this draft season I would not, and I have not, debated quarterbacks. I don't care. I've got the ones that I like. Matt Corral, I like him the best. If he goes in the second round, I don't like him nearly as much, right? I love the talent of Malik Willis. Talked about KP, Kenny Pickett. Like, I, I just not spending time. The NFL gets that position wrong so much year after year. That's why we're talking about four or five quarterbacks in the first round every single year. Why are we going to sit back and try to out-scout the people who can't, who are paid to do it and they can't even do it right? So this year, I've just said, the hell with it. If they're first-round picks, I'll take the one I like. If they're not first-round picks, I have no interest in them. Like, it's been a beautiful process. Like, my biggest debate, the biggest debate that I had to deal with is Isaiah Spiller. If a running back is my biggest sort of controversial take uh, that I liked Isaiah. And, and let me just say, let me just let me just get this shit off my chat. Chad, let me just get it off right now. Let me, let, let, I still, still like Isaiah Spiller's film. I do. You turn on the tape, you can't tell me, you cannot convince me that what I'm seeing on the field is bad, right? I still believe in if, if he gets an opportunity, he can be a successful running back. Now, there's a caveat to that, comma, semicolon, period, next sentence, however you want to do it. Uh, if he doesn't get the draft capital, he doesn't fucking matter, right? If he goes in the fifth round, the sixth round, even the fourth round, it's, it's, it's getting to the point where I, I, I don't know, right? I don't know. But as long as he gets the draft capital, I'm still in. But if that's the biggest controversial issue that we have to discuss as a running back, potentially receiving the draft capital or not, uh, then I'll take that, right? Nothing that's happened throughout his pre-draft process was shocking, Nobody, if you watched any Texas A&M game over the past three years, if you thought he was going to go out there and run a 4-4, four, 4-5, four, four, you're probably kidding yourself, right? High 4-5, four, 4-6 four, kind of runner, which is fine. You see plenty of running backs in the NFL succeed with that level of speed. So I just want to get it. I just want to get the record straight. I still like the tape, and I will not back down from that. But if he does not receive the requisite draft capital that data has shown us over history, the hit rate of that position, because opportunity that will be garnered for that position, then I'm out, man. Like, there's no there, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. That wasn't a long rant, Jay. That was just a quick, quick little... Had to was get there it a out, question in there? Like, did you need to bring me back on screen? My really only question for you, Ray, is are you going to skip the news? Are we going to talk about the news? Because you kind of started going with the quarterbacks, and you missed the whole Stefan Diggs extension. Well, well, well you, 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 you do. I got to go get my espresso off the machine. So okay. you, you go ahead and do that. Go. Okay, so two pieces of news. The biggest one that we saw actually just break about a few minutes ago was Stefan Diggs being extended by Buffalo. Four years, $106 million, $70 million guaranteed. So that puts him at, I believe, $127 million guaranteed over his next, or total contract over his next six years. What are the ramifications here for Stefan Diggs? You know, we talked about the wide receivers yesterday and where they stand. I was talking about how Stefan Diggs is one of those guys who's an elite producer. But I just I can't quite put him with Cooper Cup and put him with Devontae Adams. But that extension in Buffalo says a lot. You know, I believe he only had two more years left on his contract, as stated by the new six-year uh, contract that he has now. Tied to Josh Allen. We know Josh Allen's going to be there. We know Diggs is going to be there. They're talking about him retiring in Buffalo. I still don't know, though. Like, I still don't know how I feel about Stefan Diggs being a top 10 elite level receiver. I'm okay with it, right? I think I think he deserves to be close to the top 12, top 15. And then the other piece of news, Ray, that you just glossed over, our partners at Prize Picks are now available in Arizona. So now everyone who's out in Arizona can play with us on Prize Picks. Promo code Wake Up, wake up with us, 
Taylor picks. We'll have a lot of fun. If you're in Arizona, support the show, support the good people, support prize picks. Wake promo code wake, wake up. up. Link is in the description. Check it out. Tons of fun. You see us promoting prize picks, talking about prize picks, tweeting about prize picks. Go to prizepicks.com and go sign up using promo code wake up. 100% deposit match up to $100. Go check it out today. It's now available in your state. Ray, how you doing? You dancing over there? Feeling good, baby. I'm feeling good. Um it's it's interesting with Diggs, right? Because I'm in this dynasty startup right now and nobody wanted to take those guys. It's the same it's the same shit we talked about yesterday with these wide receivers because they're 28, 29 years old. They're falling for a fifth round, you know? If yep. I truly, I, I'm serious, man. I think there needs to be two sets of rankings, like when for 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 the for the simple-minded dynasty gamer that can't sort of differentiate that when you're on the clock, um, like win now players versus like insulation because of age and value, right? There's there's no doubt in my mind, man. Cooper Cup is going to outproduce some of these cats that are four or five years younger than him. But it, again, in Dynasty, is that what you want? Do you want to invest in the 30-year-old wide receiver, the 29-year-old wide receiver early within the top 50 picks? You know what I'm saying? Maybe. And some teams, we're doing this right now. And I'm like, shit, Devontae Adams, you want to fall to the fourth? I'll take you up. I'll scoop you up. You know, Cooper Cup, you want to fall? Let's go. Let's do it. So my question to you, Jay, right now, Stefan Diggs or your choice of any of the wide receivers in this 2021, 2022 class? Oh man! Like just, just That's tough. I, I don't, I don't. I think I don't, it's still Stephon yeah. Diggs, honestly. I think it is. Really? I think knowing he's tied, really? yeah. I think knowing he's tied to knowing he's tied to Josh Allen for the next six years. I think that's enough for me to take him because, again, even on his team, who's going to pass him for targets again over the next four to six years, right? I, I think for the length of Cooper Cup's career, there will not be a receiver who will receive more targets than him. I think the same case for Devonte Adams. I think this. I think there could be the same case made. For Stephon Diggs. And so with that being said, if you're getting a guy who's seeing 140 targets wow. a season, maybe everybody's saying fine, Diggs. But I don't think that Garrett Wilson, Drake London, they're not guaranteed to be a one on any roster or guaranteed to ever see 150 targets and be the guy on an offense. So I, I do think the answer is Diggs. And I think that the conversation we had yesterday about him being, you know, a fringe top 10 guy is valid. If you're trying to win, people were disappointed by him last year because he was the wide receiver one the year before that. But he's still like wide receiver six or wide receiver seven overall last season. So I, I get it from the standpoint of it's not a sexy pick. But you're not taking production that's realistically going to fall off anytime soon. It's just you will never get the trade capital that you want if you want to flip him. Because by the time you flip him, he's 31-32 and he's maybe commanding a first. Now, I don't know if you saw this in the chat, but someone was talking about how the Jets apparently offered the 10th overall pick for DK Metcalf and got declined. They're going. I mean, they're going wide receiver. Uh, they're, they're, <laughs> they, they are going wide receiver. If there's a prop out there for the New York Jets and their first selection, it is going to be. The question is, who are they going to go? Because DK, well, DK and Tyreek both are speed guys. They're built differently, but they're both field stretching guys. Man, what if it's Olave? Jamo. No, what if it's Jamo? Nah, man. What if it's Chris? I'm just going off of what Brugler said the other day. Brugler was like, Alave and Wilson are going to go a lot higher than people think. A lot higher. Like, they, he was saying that yeah. both of those were... What if it's Alave? Okay, okay. Back to this Diggs thing. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean... Damn, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, I get it. And I don't think any of those rookies are going ahead of Diggs in a dynasty startup. So I, I don't no, think that's not. happening. They're not going ahead of them. Um, I, I just was wondering, who would you rather take? All right, let's um, let's pivot. Let's pivot. Is there any other more news? Yes, prize no. picks in Arizona. Make sure yes. all of y'all who talked about you couldn't sign up, make sure you smash the promo code Wake Up. Click the link in the description. They match you up to $100, dollar for dollar. They got free shit all the time. Taco Tuesdays is really fun, really engaging. Baseball starts tomorrow. Uh, but we got to take a look at these quarterbacks because everybody's like, ah, I don't want any of these 2022 quarterbacks. Yuck, don't want them. Don't need them. I'm going to wait until next year and get my quarterback. Well, what does the quarterback class look like in 2023? Do we all know? Yes, I'm sure you know the names. Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. But after that, and, and, and Spencer Rattler and D.J. Uyanga Galay, um, maybe Jaden Daniels, some of y'all are familiar with. But for the most part, I don't think people truly know what's coming um, in 2023 at the quarterback position. I think my wholesale generalization of the class is you have two elite kind of prospects, or at least they look to be elite prospects now. We'll see how the 2022 college football season plays out, but it looks like you got two guys at the top. Uh, And for me right now, it's CJ Stroud at one and Bryce Young at two. Uh, It's those two guys. And then there's just like a big cluster of players in tier two, tier three. Um, you've got some of the aforementioned names that we talked about. There's still going to be some guys that may surprise, uh, you know, out of nowhere. Will Rogers out of Mississippi State. Uh, I, I don't think Jake Hayner out of Fresno State is going to be a, a legitimate NFL draft prospect. Uh, you got Keaton Slovis, who transferred from USC to Pittsburgh. Got a bunch of these other random guys. Maybe somebody will pop. But right now, what we're kind of looking at, uh, you got Grayson McCall, excuse me, Grayson McCall out of Coastal Carolina. Um, there's another guy. I don't think he's going to come out. Uh, Matt Bruning from C2C. Shout out to the campus to Canton guys. Uh, 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 quarterback out of Tulane. Can't think of his name right now. Matt, Matt Tool, some shit like that. He's out of, he's out of Fresno State. I mean, out of uh, Tulane. I like the kid, man. Uh, but I, I don't know if he's a legitimate NFL draft prospect at the quarterback position. So what is coming in 2023? Jay, should we just start at the at the top and just kind of talk a little, just talk through these guys? You want to talk through these guys, just like, you know, the top guys first? Start with C.J. Stroud and what he did last year. Michael Pratt, yeah. that's his name. I said Michael Toole. I was thinking about something else. But, yes, Michael Pratt, there it is, Bruning. All right, so let's, let's just look at C.J. Stroud, who right now, uh, for me, is my quarterback one in this 2023 class. C.J. Stroud, so, uh, out of Ohio State, the Ohio State, last season, his first year starting. 4,400 yards, man, 4,435 passing yards, 44 touchdowns, six interceptions, and damn near 72% completion percentage for C.J. Stroud. He was an absolute monster his first season starting. So if you do bypass quarterback in 2022, you better hope and pray you are high enough up in a super flex rookie draft to grab one of these two quarterbacks that I'm going to mention and we're going to talk about right now in C.J. Stroud. Stroud was a player who came on sort of, you know, it, it, it looked looked a little rocky week one. There were a rocky lot of people start, yeah, in Minnesota. It was a rocky Woo! start versus Minnesota. A lot of people were like, yo, let's see the other kid. Let's see Kyle McCord. But C.J. Stroud ended up just making it happen and delivering dimes Left and right, you see on some of the highlights, man, his maturation through the season which is what was most impressive for me. Um, he looked like a young man starting his first career game uh, versus Minnesota. He looked all of a first-year starter. 
And then all of a sudden, as every game went on, he got more comfortable and more comfortable and more comfortable and ended up just being um, a monster. Now, a lot of people, Jay, they look at Ohio State and they say that's a system school. Troy Smith, Dwayne Haskins, uh, JT Barrett, uh, Cardell Jones, all these quarterbacks have come through Ohio State and they've, they've just been a product of that system. I look at Stroud uh, coming out of California, highly touted kid. I see a lot more than a system kind of guy, right? There are some things I think he needs to clean up in his game, but I'm I'm really digging CJ Stroud. The arm strength, you don't really see him move around a lot. I think he's mobile. I wouldn't consider him a dual threat quarterback by any stretch, um, but he's not a statute, which, you know, we don't like those statutes. Uh, but what are your thoughts on CJ Stroud in this 2023 quarterback, uh, being at the top of this 2023 quarterback class? I think it's fair, honestly. You know, we touted CJ Stroud a lot early on because it was, is he going to start? Is it McCord? Do we see the golden mullet who, you know, we're low-key pushing for a little bit now, obviously, ended up in Texas. But Stroud really earned that. You know, you talk about the beginning of the season, first week, first half, he stunk, was terrible. Came back and I believe threw 300 yards and five touchdowns in the second half against Minnesota. Completely lit them up now. Of course, there was the injury to Muhammad Ibrahim that kind of stalwart the Minnesota offense. But on CJ Stroud's end on offense, he really got it done. And we saw, like you said, the maturation going forward, even against Oregon. You know, he didn't play his best game. I believe it was only his third start of the year, like third start ever. And so, again, but when it comes down to it at the end, people are going to say, oh, it was Garrett Wilson, it was Chris Olave. But go watch that game against Utah because that, that to me is really when I was like, okay, CJ Stroud can be something more than just a guy who throws two first round wide receivers. Yes, Jackson Smith and Jigba did have 300 and I believe 50 yards in that game, but he's throwing it to Marvin Harrison Jr. He's throwing it to Julian Fleming. He's throwing it to Jake Ferguson, who I believe played in that game. So, Again, it, it starts with the wide receivers, of course, but like you're saying, he's making a lot more difficult throws than simply what we think we see. He's not just dumping it off to Trayvon Henderson. He's not just throwing a screen to Garrett Wilson. He's taking it to the house. He's making legitimate NFL throws, and he's doing it over and over and over. Like This is a guy who pretty much was locked in for, what, 370 to 400 yards every game because they needed him to do that because the defense isn't as good. So I think to your point about elite producer and, and an elite prospect, if he has two years of, you know, 4,500 yards, 40 touchdowns, he will be an elite prospect. And I think, you know, the mobility or lack thereof is a little bit overrated. He only ran the ball 30 times, right? So his sacks plus his rushes. I just don't right. think he makes makes a point to run the ball versus Bryce Young who ran the ball 80 times and still had zero yards. So again, so we view as Bryce Young as mobile. But CJ Stroud just doesn't run. But I still think the ability is there if he needs to. All right, so we're looking at uh, – this is in the analytical database. Uh, Jordan Backus runs this for us, director of analytics at DD. Uh, top, 12 QB, uh, top 12 overall quarterbacks sorted by QBR. Uh, this was last college football season. So let's just see how good CJ – oh, there he is at the top. Number one quarterback in all of college football um, in, in QBR, right? 89.8, his adjusted yards per attempt, 11.1, which is higher than Bryce Young at 10.8. Uh, look at Kenny Pickett. We're talking about him as the quarterback one, 9.8 yards, uh, adjusted yards per a pass attempt. Matt Corral, higher than Matt Corral. I mean, C.J. Stroud not only was putting the ball where he needed to put it, he was pushing it downfield, which is outstanding, right? 70, you know, 70.9% completion percentage, 71, 72%. I think this was after week 13. So we've got a, maybe an extra game in there, the playoff game that bu that bumped them up. 
But just when you look at him compared to everybody else in college football, what he did at six foot three, you know, two hundred five, two ten. I don't know what he's weighing right now after the spring. Uh, but C.J. Stroud, for for my money, man, is he seems like he's the real deal, right? I'm not going to I'm not going to overreact and go crazy over one season of production, but he turns around and he does this again. Um, it's going down. It's going down in a major way. And I think C.J. Stroud is the quarterback that can break the mold. Apparently, Jay, during the pro day for Ohio State, all the talk wasn't about Garrett Wilson. It wasn't about Chris Olave. It wasn't about, I know Jeremy Rutker didn't participate. It was all about C.J. Stroud and how good C.J. Stroud looked, um, you know, throwing the ball at the pro day. And that was a good taste of NFL teams to say, you know, if we don't get one of these cats, we yeah. might end up with C.J. Stroud. So C.J. Stroud, for, for me, right now at this juncture of the process. And I'm going to be very careful how I frame shit this college football season. I don't have rankings. We will not rank any players. He's at the top of tier one for me. He's a tier one quarterback <laughs> prospect. Top of tier one. He's at the top of tier one. He seems like he's going to be at the top of tier one, but also the other quarterback joining him in tier one, the only other quarterback, in my opinion, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Bryce Young, who uh, threw for almost 5,000 yards. That's just... Uh, it's it's just insane what Bryce Young was able to do. Um, and it seemed like he just did it unassumingly all season. He was just good all season, all season, all season. 4,872 passing yards, 47 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and a 67% completion percentage for one Bryce Young. Listed at six foot, 194. I don't know. I don't know if B. Young is, go, is, is truly six foot or 194. Neither here nor there. I think his greatest skill set, um, his best attribute, Jay, he just he he reminds me so much of Russell Wilson, man. Um, just Ooh. leader, uh, does everything well. Uh, oh, that was the wrong high. Does everything well. Um, just uh, he just he remind just the drive versus Auburn when they were down. And they needed to come yep, back. That's the play. They, like, Heisman moment. It, it was his Heisman moment, man. It wasn't just one play. It was methodical. He drove them down the field with, I believe, one or two timeouts to win that game. Yeah. And they should have lost that game. Alabama played horrible. Auburn blew the game. There were some things that they did wrong. But this was it. There goes the pass to Ja'Cory Brooks. Touch it. Just down, yep. man. When you see... The, the accuracy, look at this, just boom, boom, right on the money, right on the money. Um, he was a dual-threat quarterback coming out of high school. You don't see him run a ton. Uh, man, I'm just watching this, and I'm just uh, I'm just getting very excited. You don't see him run a ton, right, but he can. You don't want him running because he's just a little guy. He's not a big quarterback at all. But, man, when you just talk about the ability to put the ball where it needs to be, uh, he's just he's in freaking credible. And – I know some people are like, ah, oh, it's the Alabama system. Look at all the quarterbacks that they've had. Bryce Young is different, yo. Like he's he's a different kind of cat. It is is am I am I confident that he's an NFL superstar from day one? Nah, man, but I'm not confident that any of those guys are NFL superstars from the jump. But when you're just talking about the natural intent, you had to watch the Auburn game to really feel. I was on an airplane, bro. I, I shit you not. I was on a plane flying back because I believe that was Thanksgiving weekend. So we were flying back, and I'm sitting across from a, a young Alabama fan and his dad. And we've both got our iPads and laptops up, and we're like, what happened? Did they score? Did they do it? Because that was going to knock Alabama out of playoff contention. And Bryce Young methodically drove the ball down the field 
And at that moment, I was like, this dude has arrived. Like, here it is. Uh, goes into, you know, go Georgia, SEC title game. Gets it done versus them. And in the natty, you know, they lost that national championship game, but losing Jamison Williams, not having John Mechie, they were really back up against the wall. I think Bryce Young is going to smash this season. And we saw when we were taking a look at C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, his QBR. This is... This isn't even amongst 2023 eligible. I, I, I didn't even put them amongst their t- peers. This is amongst everybody else in college football. At the top of the list in QBR, right at there, number four overall. You know, he, he's right there at the top with uh, adjusted yards per attempt. Completion percentage extremely high. You know, rushing yard percentage, again, doesn't run a lot. It takes some sacks. Not a big guy. But, man, when, when you just look at him, he just looks the part of a, of a future First round pick and somebody we should be excited about when it comes uh, comes for our dynasty rookie drafts, man. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think the point you made over and over that kind of you reiterated is like if Bryce Young was just six foot three, two hundred and twenty pounds, he would be viewed the same as C.J. Stroud. It's just the fact that C.J. Stroud has the size that NFL teams are looking for that really is kind of pushing him just past. Bryce Young, uh, but I think the talent is all there. Like you posted the t- the t- uh, video, him throwing to Jamison Williams, a sixty yard bomb, right? The yeah. thirty five to the five yard line. Like the arm strength is there. We're not worried about that. And so for me, well, some people are. To- some people are. Yeah. I, and, and I, I think he's got fine. I think he's he, he doesn't have Will Levis, and we'll take a look at him in a second. He doesn't have that type of cannon, but I mean, he's thrown it sixty plus in the air on a dot, so it's it's strong enough. Strong enough. Yeah, for sure. And so I think the other point that people need to remember is that he was a guy who came in as a freshman and people thought he could push Mac Jones for his job, right? Obviously, Mac Jones ended up going undefeated and and, uh, didn't didn't win the Heisman because Devonta Smith won it, but they went undefeated, you know, obviously came up first round pick. So this was a guy who was highly touted simply beyond this season. And, you know, we've obviously seen the results when he finally did, he did get his opportunity. But it's not just the system. It's not just the wide receivers. Yes, he plays with a ton of talent. But I think this year is a year where he will have to kind of lift his wide receivers up. We, they got Jermaine Burton in there. They got a couple of young guys, Jaya Hall, that we're not really Hall, sure exactly JoJo what. Earl. Yeah. JoJo Earl, right? And we're not exactly sure what this offense looks like from the wide receiver standpoint. But we weren't really sure last season, too, right? We didn't know Jamison Williams was going to come in from Ohio State and be a first-round pick. So I think they're going to figure it out, but I think this is Bryce Young's year to really prove that he's a leader and prove that he deserves to be, you know, a top five, top 10 pick in the NFL draft next year. This is a great question. I'll get to it in a second. Um, I don't know where I was. I don't know where I was going at all. You you made a good point. And I was like, oh, I want to I want to touch on that. But I, I, I completely forgot. Uh, a lot of people. Uh, this is a good question. Thoughts on Ritter versus the QB three and beyond of next year's class. So here's where I think Dynasty Gamers are getting in a little bit of trouble. When we're looking ahead at the 2023 class, there's no doubt the strength of that class is the running back position. Like, that is that is where the bread and butter is. I mean, um, I, I'm just looking at some of the advanced analytics for some of these. Uh, good Lord, man. Deuce Vaughn just... Like, when we look at it, let's just look. Look, these are the 2023 running backs sorted by yards per team play. I mean, this is insane. Deuce Vaughn is blood red. This is just – and I'm Can't telling you right now. I'm, it, it, doesn't get, it doesn't get darker than that, right? And I know he's a little guy, but I'm, I'm telling you right now, Deuce Vaughn is going to go early, like day three, and he's going to be – he's going to matter. Even at a, as a – he's going to matter in PPR formats. Just mark my word. I'm telling you right now. 
He's the closest thing to a Darren Sproles level player that we've seen. He's incredible. But you got Sean Tucker, Deuce Vaughn, Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, Devon A. Chain. I know little people are lower on Tank Bigsby, but he's another running back. It, it, as low as people are on Tank Bigsby, if he were in this running back class, he'd be pushing, uh, you know, Kenneth Walker type Easily. levels. Or, or at least RB3 easy, right? Blake Corm, Zach Evans. I don't really know about Miller. We'll see. Devin Neal, incredible as well. This is the strength of the 2023 class is the running backs. And there are running backs on here that aren't even listed. But that's the strength of the class. Quarterback is where it starts to get – it gets dicey. So, right now in Tier 2, I think there's a smattering of guys. But the ones that I think have the most upside and talent, this guy right here. Will Levis out of Kentucky, right? Will Levis, six foot three. What is it, Levis? Like 230? 230 pounds, something like that. At Jay, you started diving into Levis, and I think you started finding shit. You're like, yo, this dude is an athlete. Bombing home runs, 360 windmill dunks. Uh, apparently, he's quite fast, quite athletic, quite mobile. Um, but this was his first season really starting. Transferred from Penn State, goes to Kentucky. 2,800 yards, 24 touchdowns, 66% completion percentage, 13 interceptions. So much like Matt Corral prior to his final season. Got to clean up some of the decision-making. But when you're just talking about raw talent and you're talking about arm talent and a player that I think Jay can have a Zach Wilson-type rise because of the arm strength, it's 100% Will Levis. I mean, this dude can run. Um, he's big. He can run. He's got a cannon of an arm. We'll see some of the throws. And when I show this one clip after this rushing, him just running over defenders at his size, some of you might remember seeing this clip on Twitter, um, seeing this clip on Facebook or whatever social media uh, outlet you, you, you subscribe to. But when you saw this, Jay, you were like, oh, shit. This is Will Levis? Look at these throws. Yeah. Like, this is just, I don't think you realized that was who it was, right? When when, when he was making these kind of, I mean, just look at the arm talent. Like, that's in, and he's flat footed. He's not even stepping into this. His arm yeah. is ridiculous. When you're just talking about athletic traits at the court, I mean, look at this. Just flat footed on a rope, just bombing it, man. He has the potential. And I'm telling you right now. He's the one, I think, that has the potential to push for QB3 in this class. And it wouldn't shock me at all if he improves on some of his decision-making. Um, he, he's going to be a first-round pick. And the good thing about Will Levis is he's not a zero on the ground. You look back through his two seasons at Penn State, and I think last year, uh, Jay, pull the stats up for me. Last year, his stats at Kentucky, I think he had over 400 rushing yards last year. And then back-to-back, 200-plus -back, yard uh, rushing seasons at six foot three, 230 pounds. Yeah, so he's 6'3", 222 is what he's listed at. But like you said, over 200 yards his first two seasons and 375 yards, but nine touchdowns this past season at Kentucky. So again, big time producer on the ground. Average, not a crazy rushing clip, but a guy who is getting the ball, you know, his past two seasons, he's been over 82 carries both years. Like you said, almost 250 two seasons ago and then 375 last season. He could be in tune for 400, 500 if he, you know, runs even more. We'll see what happens. But, you know, I, I think to your point, the biggest thing for me when I saw Will Levis in that clip is the release. Like, you don't see quarterbacks releasing the ball as fast as he does. Yeah, and that's insane, one of the biggest man. separators is when the quicker you can get the ball out, that's a big thing for NFL quarterbacks. Like, that's not a joke. The, the, it's the You saw Justin Fields and how far he dropped simply because his arm mechanics weren't good enough. And people are critiquing his arm mechanics, his release, and how he gets the ball out. 
they're not going to be able to do that with Will Levis because Will Levis has one of the cleanest releases in this class. Uh, but, but like I think you said, the bigger thing too is at Kentucky is a place where he can really lead in a good conference and really show out. And, but I mean, like, just look at how quickly he's getting this ball out. He's yeah, barely man. even moving, and the yeah. ball's just flying out of he's his got, arms. He's got, so. he's, he's, listen, he's got the talent, Jay. That's, he's like my guy that my eye is on. All, like, I don't care. Stroud and Young are the top guys, man. Like, I don't, they're like, they're going to be fine. I'm watching this kid because when the, like, he's going to put on a show, man. And uh, some people said, some people said, if he couldn't beat out Clifford, I'm out. That's the same shit that happened with Joe Burrow. I mean, Joe Burrow couldn't beat out Dwayne Haskins, right? Sometimes, like, the college game is not as simple as he's better, he's going to play. Like, it's, it's, seniority it's you got to earn your keep that kind of bullshit man the loyalty like, and the, the loyalty to the recruit it's right it's like there's there's nobody in their right mind who watches sean clifford and thinks that's a better quarterback than will levis all i'm saying is keep your eye on this young man because if there's going to be one qb in 2023 that i think can have that type if, if you went back to the start of the 2020 season I think there was one person in the entire world who thought Zach Wilson could be a first-round pick, and I give credit where credit is due. It's Felix Sharp from Campus to Can. He was all over Zach Wilson earlier than anybody I heard. And then all of a sudden, if I if I gave you a million dollars in cash at the start of 2020, Jay, to say Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, which one gets drafted first, you're going, oh, dude, are you kidding me? It's Justin Fields. I'm not taking this BYU golden Never boy. even heard of Zach Wilson. Never even heard of Zach Wilson. And all of a sudden, he's the consensus number two overall pick. The yeah. arm t- I saw somebody say a poor man's Josh Allen. Yeah, that played in better level of competition, with a better yeah. level of competition. So he's got a good shot in the SEC. He's got games versus Georgia. Uh, you know, he's got SEC matchups to put shit on wax to really sort of bump his draft stock up. So just pay attention to the name Will Levis. He's going to be somebody that I do think um, will. Uh, yeah, Joe, Alvin Kamara couldn't beat out Bo Scarborough. So we, we sometimes it just happens in college. You got to transfer to get your shot. Um, I don't knock kids for transferring. I think it's a smart thing. At the end of the day, I'm trying to get drafted. So let me go somewhere where I can get on the field, showcase my talent. And I think Will Levis has the talent to be a top pick in the NFL draft. Let's switch it up. Let's go A. Rich. Let's go Cam Newton Jr. Let's go Cam, because people are going to compare this kid to Cam Newton Jr. Anthony Richardson from your Florida Gators, man. Uh, Not a big season. He was hurt last year, blowing his hamstring out on 90-yard touchdown runs. Uh, But 529 yards, six touchdowns, five interceptions, 401 rushing yards. Jay, how big is Anthony Richardson? Is he like six? How big is this kid? I'll look it up right now. Hold up. Yeah, Anthony Richardson is a big boy, and we'll see. He's a big boy that moves. I think a lot of people are going to compare him to Cam Newton, the Florida comparisons, rushing six quarterback. 6'4", 235. So yes. he's crazy big, but pretty big. Pretty no, big, right? Enough four, that if he runs four, you over, two, it's going to hurt. 6'4", 235 is massive for, for a quarterback that can move like Anthony Richardson. So this is one where I think he, he definitely needs some time to bake and cook. Uh, Matt Bruning thinks he's definitely coming out um, after this season. But uh, his talent on the ground is incredible. He's got the arm strength. He is today's version of the quarterback that you want in fantasy football, right? 235. Look at him pulling away from defenses, man. This is what Richardson did. Uh, This is what Richardson did all of last season when he was healthy. He's a big boy, and he's going to get the Cam Newton comparisons. 
Uh, Emory Jones transfers out of Florida, so it is the Anthony Richardson show this season. Matt Bruning said, best athlete in college, and that's what he is. He is a supreme level athlete. At his size, you shouldn't be able to run as fast as he does at his size. He's just got to work on the passing mechanics, right? He's just got to he's got to get more comfortable in the pocket. I don't think he's going to be the quarterback that's going to go through two, three reads, right? And Mike said, I do like what I've seen from him so far. Yeah, he's he's got all – he's oozing with talent. That's why after the top two guys, it's really intriguing who's going to separate themselves as the QB3 because – even though Will Levis isn't the type of athlete that Anthony Anthony Richardson is, he's a damn good athlete, right? He's there's nothing sneaky about that big white boy. He can move. He's an athlete. But A Rich is a different type of cat. Different. Ben Eby, different. shout out to Elite Seekers. Ben Eby loves this guy. Let's see his maturation and development this year. You watch Anthony Richardson, and he is the epitome of wow throws and then what the fuck throws like that is that is Anthony Richardson in a nutshell he will make a throw drop it in the bucket and you're like oh my god this is dude's number one pick two plays later it's directly to the linebacker like just lay it out to him like right there you can have it didn't no he threw he saw him and he waved to him and he just gave it to him just walk it to him walked it over to him so but that that's what happens when you're subbing in and out. You got Emory Jones in one minute, Anthony Richardson in the other. Hopefully with him being the starter going into the season, he will be able to be more comfortable, more relaxed in that Florida offense. What do you think about Anthony Richardson? I'm pumped, man. You, you know I'm excited. It's it's I'm tired of seeing these decent quarterbacks in Florida. I think Emory I think the Emory Jones was fine and and he played okay, but when you see Anthony Richardson on the field, it just He's just oozing with talent. And if you're in C2C leagues or you're in Debbie leagues and, and you want to go after a guy who has that supreme ceiling, like Anthony Richardson is that. Is there a chance he can't quite clean it up, isn't quite as good as we hope? Of course. But when you see the wow plays that he does, he looks like he could be the best quarterback in college football. And I think that's what's going to separate him is like when you see him pulling away from SEC defenses regularly, breaking tackles in the open field, like – you just don't see quarterbacks do this. And, you know, you could say Josh Allen, and I'm fine with that or whatever you want to go with, but I think Cam Newton's more fair because of the inaccuracy, right? I, I think that the running ability is there, but Cam Newton, he struggled with accuracy at times. He cleaned it up a bit at Auburn, and all of a sudden he's a Heisman winner and a number one pick. And so I think Anthony Richardson has a similar path. But, yeah, he's got that Tebow 15, which is crazy. I figured they would have retired that number by now. But yeah, he's wearing right? the Tebow 15. He's run all over the field. I think that what he could do in this offense – it's going to be spectacular, but for me, it's a little bit concerns about who he's throwing the ball to, who they have on offense. It's, it's an okay offense. They brought a new head coach finally. Thank God, man. I'm, I'm so I've been dying here's, for change. Here's, here's my thing. Man, he's gonna be good. Here's my thing. I, I, I do think somebody said Jalen Hurts. He's way more athletic than Jalen Hurts. Way more. way more. Like whatever you think Jalen Hurts' athleticism ceiling is, put Anthony Richardson on top of that times two. He's f- more athletic. He's faster. Bigger arm, bigger body, everything that Jalen Hurts is, Anthony Richardson can be that plus. He's got to just, the the decision-making and the basics of playing quarterback, making good decisions, putting the ball where it needs to be consistently, accurately. Jay didn't even put his completion percentage up because it's kind of like... 60%. 60%. Don't worry. It's yeah, just it's it a 60%. Small sample. Let's, it's a small let's see a sample, sample size. So but it, I saw somebody in the comments. People. Somebody in the comments said it seems like the ceiling of these guys is just incredibly high. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So the last guy that sort of rounds out, I guess, our top five incoming guys in 2023 um, would be Tyler Van Dyke, quarterback out of Miami. He came on late last season and was really damn good. Almost 3,000 passing yards, 25 touchdowns, six interceptions, 62% completion percentage. Van Dyke is a different mold than all the other guys. He's 6'4", 6'4", 230, Jay, 6'4", 225, another... 220, another big-ass quarterback, right? But this is one, he gives you nothing on the ground. He's a zero on the ground. He is more of your traditional uh, pocket passer, Tyler Van Dyke. Miami came on strong last season, and they've done a lot of good stuff uh, throughout this offseason in college football to sort of improve that team. Not sure about, you know, who he's going to be throwing the ball to. I know Matt Bruning is a little concerned about the weaponry that's in Miami. But I know a lot of people are really high on Tyler Van Dyke. Mike said Carson Strong type. Yes, 100%. Um, he's, a, he's, he's, he's not going to give you anything on the ground. So if you're looking at Van Dyke thinking maybe I get kind of a dual threat type quarterback, not happening with him. He's, he's an absolute zero on the ground game. Of all the quarterbacks that we looked at, he's the one that's not giving you anything on the ground. But he is very, 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 very good through the air. And I think he's going to get better um, as, as time goes on this season in Miami. Big statue-type quarterback. A lot of people have him. I know some people have him as QB3 um, because of the ball placement and accuracy. So it'll be fun to watch his maturation through the season. Jay, I know you don't know a ton about Tyler Van Dyke, but what you do know, uh, what do you think? Uh, biggest thing for me, honestly, is just looking through his game log and the way he came on in the absence of De'Ara King – it, it's spectacular. You know, he won ACC freshman of the year and only played in like seven or eight games this season. Like, it's not something that you see regularly from these guys. And another thing that I noticed when I was doing some research on him is apparently him and Will Levis are actually like pretty close. And they and they like know each other through the ranks of like being young quarterbacks, which is kind of cool to see two of these guys on the list be uh, together. But yeah, like you mentioned, the biggest thing with the weapons is Charleston Rambo, who's leaving. And for whatever reason, I didn't even know this. He broke the Miami record for receiving yards and receptions in a season this year. Yeah. Like what? But again, if you lose a guy like that, we'll see what happens. But like you see right here, pretty damn good. 80.4 yeah. QBR in, in the yeah. games he played. That's that's nothing to sniff at, man. No. And that's something that when, when it all comes down to it is you just need a chance to get a chance. And I think that Van Dyke and everything I've read about him and seen about him is that he's a really good leader on top of that. He's not just a guy who's going to go out there and sling it and do his own thing like He's a guy who's really going to lead that team. And with Mario Cristobal at the helm, I think the recruits will be better. I think they'll bring in better players. And I think that Van Dyke under that helm could be in a really, really good spot to get drafted high. Yeah, you look at the top three uh, 2023 quarterbacks sorted by QBR. Uh, he's right there behind Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Now, he's considerably behind those guys. You see Young at 86% and Stroud damn near at 90% QBR. It just shows how good they are. But Van Dyke right there, you know, completion percentage again, Got to improve on the accuracy, yard adjusted yards per team attempt. Got to get that up a little bit. He's almost, you know, a point. He's a point behind Bryce Young, and you know, close to two points behind C.J. Stroud. But you see him surprisingly a little better in the rushing department than those guys. And we talked about him being uh, a zero on the ground. Now, some players that we did not talk about: D.J. Uyanga Galay, as well as Spencer Rattler. A lot of people had those guys at the top of the 2023 class preseason. <sighs> Got to see I, it, man. It's just, I, they were I so am, bad. Both of them. I am. I am out. I. We, it, it's <laughs> no. got. It's got. It's got. You're out. Around. Out. I'm. I, they're behind. Out, out, they're behind those five for me for sure. Like, it's, they're they're behind those five for me for sure. Uh, DJU, 
We'll see. He's got all the talent. Apparently, he slimmed down. Bruning was telling me he lost some weight. Spencer Rattler, it's not a question of his arm. The talent is there. It's up here. It's the decision-making. Yep. It's the processing. It's You would watch Oklahoma last year, and you knew when he was going to do some stupid shit. Like You're like, here comes a Spencer Rattler interception. It's coming. Picked off Spencer Rattler. Pick six. It's just, and I know some people loved him, and, and it's so funny. For the beginning of the season, he was talked about as the number one overall pick. Should Houston tank for Rattler? And he had to transfer to South Carolina to get some PT to kind of rehabilitate his career. Um, we'll see, man. We'll see. Uh, again, I'm not going to debate quarterbacks ever again in my fantasy career at nauseum. Just there's no point to do that, right? If they get first-round draft capital, they matter. Right now, the ones that I am particularly high on of course, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. But it's Will Levis, it's Anthony Richardson, and it's Tyler Van Dyke. There are some other guys, uh, Jaden Delora, Max Johnson, no longer at LSU, Jaden Daniels, DJU, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, Michael Pratt, Grayson McCall, very, very good quarterbacks as well. It's nice. It's nice. So if you miss out on a QB in 2022, I think the, the upside in 2023 is there. Still a little murky right now, but that should clear itself up. As we go through the season, strength of the 2023 class is definitely the running back position, but you've got some very, very talented quarterbacks that you can look forward to in 2023. And per my man Bruning, the next elite quarterback doesn't come until 2024, so we might have to dive into that later down the line. We'll get into the 2024 quarterbacks, but I think that's a little, I don't want to overload y'all, sensory overload you with QB information, but that's an early look at what the 2023 QB class is looking like. So if you're on the clock in the second round and somebody wants to trade you a 2023 first because they have to have Brian Robinson or they have to have Rashad White, make that move. If you can flip a second for future first rounders in 2023, do it, do it, do it. Anything else you got to say to the people, Jay, before we get out of here? No, man, I think you nailed it. I think I think with these quarterbacks is that I see a higher ceiling with some of these guys than we saw from some of the 2022 guys. We see a lot of pure throwers, but we see some guys that can move a little bit better, have better arm talent. And like you said, there's some dark horses that formerly top guys now trying to make their way back to the uh, to the top of the ranks. But Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, man, I'm just excited to watch those two guys ball hey, out. Jasmine. You know, I, I made the graphic of Bryce Young giving CJ Stroud the Heisman yeah. because – that's yeah, gonna I happen saw that. This year. That's the DJ Stroud's going for the Heisman, man. There goes, there goes the back. And Jasmine, you ain't been here in two damn days. Don't come in here starting stuff. I ain't seen you in two days. Don't come in here starting shit at the end of the show when you're, you've been absent from the show. We noticed. You have not been here, so you don't get to talk trash, Jazz. All right? All right, girl? All right, my girl? Uh, Jasmine's wild, man. But uh, appreciate y'all tapping into the show. Jay, I'm just going to tell everybody right now. This mock that we did, based on the mock that we looked at on Monday, it was the most painful exercise that we've done. It was worse than the last one. I had no, really? it was. I didn't like it at all. I hated my draft. Maybe it was the draft did, slot. Oh, we drafted side by side. So I hated it. I no, hated it. But we're gonna we're gonna look at. So go back and familiarize oh, yourself. What what happened? What happened? Because the the best pick was you at two oh six. I'm not gonna tell you who you picked. Remember, I, I picked just before you. I took a guy I really like, and then you had to reach for a guy at two oh six. This is this will be good. I'm excited. I forgot about that. This will be All fun. All right, we got a this super chat question, and we're gonna get out of here on this. Uh, can't get you out of here Let's without go. a Lakers comment. Let's go. Are you are are you gonna are you gonna apologize now? Is now what I get finally? I'm apologize finally. for what? Apologize for what? 
Apologize. For, okay, think about all year. The back talk. The they're gonna figure it out. Oh, Russ is gonna figure it out. Oh, AD's getting hurt. They didn't even make the playoffs. You bet me a hundred dollars, risk free, by the way, that the Lakers were gonna win the championship, or I think it was make it to the finals at least. And I was gonna have to apologize on air. And you didn't even make the playoffs. Come on. I. I, unlike you, will settle my bet on air tomorrow. I will transfer you a note. I will send you your $100 because that was a bet. I have nothing oh, no, to say no. about the Lakers. I don't need the $100. It's no, okay, I, but no, I pay, no, 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 no. Because I want my, no, 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 no. Oh, you, I'm going to pay you because I want my money. From the bets that You're we make, your money. I want my money. I'm going to pay you your money for losing the Lakers bet tomorrow on the show. I'm going to do the deposit. We're going to, we're going to, uh, we're going to send it over because I'm a man of my word. Unlike you, I'm a man of the people. Thank y'all for tapping in. Thank y'all for not being flaky like Jay Rich. Yes, the Lakers stunk. I got the Russell Westbrook jersey on. He let me down this year. Last night. I, I, listen, stop talking so we can get out of here, Jay. I don't, I don't want to hear it anymore. You rubbing it in 28 last night. We appreciate y'all tapping in. If you're in Arizona, use the promo code Wake Up Rookie Mock tomorrow. Y'all have a great hump day, and we'll tap in with y'all tomorrow. We out. We love y'all. Peace.